Tribalism sucks. Critical thinking is pretty cool. Thanks for being part of American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. As a guy living inside the Beltway, feeling the sense of crisis, trying to decide what to do in some situation room in the White House with people who had data that was incomplete. We weren't really considering the consequences in communities that were not New York City or, or, or some other big city. The public health people, we talked about this earlier, and this is a really important point. If you're a public health person and you're trying to make a decision, you have this very narrow view of what the right decision is, and that is something that will save a life. Doesn't matter what else happens. So you attach infinite value uh, to stopping the disease and saving a life. You attach a zero value to whether this actually totally disrupts people's lives, ruins the economy, and has many kids kept out of school in a way that they never not quite require. Collateral from. damage. So there, yeah, collateral damage. This is a public health mindset, and I think a lot of us involved in trying to make those recommendations had that mindset, and that was really unfortunate. It's another mistake. That was Dr. Francis Collins, the former director of the National Institutes of Health. In other words, that was Anthony Fauci's boss back during all the COVID shutdowns. And that interview actually happened back in July, but for some reason it just now popped up on social media over the last week or so. So essentially to recap, he admits that they made a lot of mistakes and he made mistakes that they were being warned about by a lot of us who were saying, you're not considering the consequences of your actions. And they're finally admitting that years later. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. I'm joined now by uh, Dr. Phil Magnus. He's with the Independent Institute, where he's the David J. Thoreau Chair in uh, Political Science. And Phil, first of all, welcome back to the program. It's been a while since you've been on. And secondly, it's one of those things where we could say, we warned you, we warned you, we told you, we told you. But at the time, there was so much anger when people were saying, how dare you question what's happening? Don't you know that we're just trying to save lives? And so there's there's that discussion over, did they go too far based on what they know? And the other side of that then, Phil, and this is what I'd love to get your impact, your uh, reaction to, is should they have been less aggressive, not knowing what we now know about the, the virus itself? Well, that's exactly the thing. I think Francis Collins' admission is welcome. It's, it's a good thing that he's finally come to the realization that, yes, there were other harms from the lockdown policies that he pushed through, but it's also about three years too late. I mean, here's a guy that did not want to have the very same conversation he now purports to be having when the lockdown policies were first implemented. He didn't care about other repercussions, uh, didn't care about deaths of despair, all of these other harms on children being excluded from schools uh, when lockdown was the only permissible position that could be taken under the NIH when he was there in control. Yeah, and, and that was the consequences that he talked about. And he said, we had a singular mindset we were just trying to save lives, and now he says it was a mistake not to consider the whole picture, and yet we're still seeing some pockets around the country that don't seem to have learned the lesson and still bringing back some mandates and talking about, boy, I hope we don't have to go back to that, uh, even though we now have years of knowledge, literally years of knowledge, that say that was wrong, and the guy who was in charge of making the recommendations admits they were the mistake. Why don't we see an overall unanimous understanding 
of the fact that the health establishment went too far and we allowed them to go too far. Yeah, you know, it's a political signal at this point. There are people that are just doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on the position that they took during lockdowns because they don't want to uh, basically admit that they erred. You know, it's it's the whole uh, looking backwards at the situation and saying, you know, we did the best that we could given the information, even though there were other people that were correctly pointing out at the time that these policies were disastrous. And, you know, you add Francis Collins on top of this. He is not only someone who went along with that line, he was really the enforcer of it. Uh, he was the guy that wrote the email, the now infamous email to Anthony Fauci, ordering him to launch a devastating takedown of the Great Barrington Declaration, of other critics that uh, had expressed skepticism about the validity and the efficacy of lockdowns that he was pushing. Do we have a debate now over what is the role of public health and what public health is? Because right now you've got a lot of people who say, if you're from the health department, local, state, federal, whatever, I don't want to hear a thing that you have to say. So what are the ongoing consequences of these mistakes that Francis Collins now admits to? One of them is the public health establishment has discredited itself. Had we looked at maybe 10 or 15 years ago and a uh, pandemic event or some other public health emergency came along, people were generally willing to listen to their advice. You know, these are the experts. They're telling us how to deal with a horrible disease. They're telling us how to deal with some other similar emergency. But now I think anyone that hears that advice coming out of uh, public health authorities, they're reasonably and duly skeptical because they saw a uh, public health establishment that just became captive of one almost ideological commitment to lockdowns and would not consider any evidence when uh, it was becoming very quite plainly apparent that these policies were not working. And then after that, not only that, they shut down attempts to raise counter evidence. Do we need public health as an establishment in our society? At this point, I am very skeptical that uh, the current establishments, the current mechanisms and agencies that do engage in public health policy are providing any service whatsoever. If anything, they seem to have done more harm than good over the past three years. You know, this comes from a mentality that I've previously described as pandemic central planning that seems to take uh, root in some of these agencies. It's the idea is, well, we're faced with an emergency. We have high uncertainty in that emergency, but therefore we need to step in and execute a plan from the top down. Uh, But what's often uh, missed by people that advocate that type of an approach is that they also are subject to some of the knowledge trap. They don't have uh, uh, full information of the situation ahead of them. So uh, while they may act like they're making a expert pronouncements from on high on what to do, they're often making it up as they go. And I think we saw that directly during the lockdowns is uh, they really didn't have strong evidence for these policies. They just made them up and settled on that course. And once they had made the decision, it's like a sunk cost fallacy. And it was off to the races for uh, two weeks to flatten the curves, becomes two months, becomes a year, becomes almost two years of this recurring nonsense, even though the evidence was clearly mounting that it was not working. We're visiting with uh, Phil Magnus from the Independent uh, Institute. And, of course, there was a social fabric tear through all of that, you know, as well. I mean, I had people angry at me because I refused to go along with some of the mandates and was told I couldn't go some places and uh, got into a few arguments myself because people were thought that I was uncaring, even though I simply looked at the evidence that was being ignored by the public health establishments. So how do we. How do we make things better from here, Phil? I mean, whether it's the social fabric and all of the relationships that were because we were scared to death, relationships that were torn apart or 
also, where do we go from here when it comes to the next time there's a threat to our health or our safety? If it's not a public health establishment, then what is it that we can go to to get warnings in the future or get information to make decisions for ourselves? I think first and foremost, scientists need to be transparent with the facts. They need to be transparent about the evidence, including willing to admit when they don't have evidence, when they don't have strong information to support a certain position. Uh, Lay that out before the public and trust the public's judgment to follow along their arguments. So it's the exact opposite of what our public health authorities did in 2020, 2021, when uh, COVID was raging. They were saying, we're public health authorities. You must listen to us or else you want to kill grandma. And, you know, that's a moralizing uh, proclamation from on high from people who, frankly, did not have that moral authority, uh, did not even have the expert authority that they claim. They were making it up as they went. Uh, and yet they were basically giving pronouncements as if they uh, uh, were judges on all of society for daring to defy them. Uh, that in itself eventually will catch up with you. It undermines your own credibility because all it takes is visible evidence that what you said was the way to, to, to do things, what you said uh, happened to be the plan uh, is, is starting to falter, as if the lockdowns do not work, if your uh, pledge of two weeks to flatten the curve doesn't actually carry out the way that uh, you said it was going to, well, the public's going to be duly skeptical. Uh, so I, I'd say anything for the next pandemic is to stay away from top-down approaches and be skeptical of anyone who claims to have all of the answers because of their so-called expertise from on high. All right. Uh, where do we learn more about uh, what you're doing at the Independent Institute and people want to get in touch with you, Phil? Uh, what are the ways to do it? Yeah, that's uh, www.independence.org. And we're based out in Oakland, California. Uh, we have regular commentary on uh, not only the pandemics, but all sorts of uh, issues and topics in economics and classical liberalism. All right. And uh, Phil, I mean, just to wrap it up here, I mean, essentially, when that trust is broken by these public entities, really hard to get it back. And that means the next time we need reliable information, there's going to be about a thousand people shopping a thousand different places for that. That's absolutely. And I think you get a better angle at uh, understanding the truth and understanding the limitations of the evidence when you have multiple voices uh, digging into a problem rather than, uh, you know, coalescing around a single Anthony Fauci or Francis Collins figure from on high. All right, uh, Phil, good talk to you again. Thanks so much for being back on the program. Appreciate the perspective. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. I'm Mike Ferguson, and we will talk to you again next week.